Well, if you have the, your Bibles with you, I want you to open those to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, beginning together in verse 25. I hope you're having a good Memorial Day weekend. Therefore, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour into his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more care for you? Clothe you, O you of little faith. Therefore, don't be anxious saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus, your word is good and it is sufficient. And I pray as we spend time in it today, its good sufficiency reigns and rules in our hearts. Thank you for meeting with us, for loving us. Thank you for providing for us. And I pray that we will walk in line with and in light of that provision today. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You have probably been wondering since I started spending time with you in April. I wonder how old that guy really is. He looks like he's 22 or 23. <laughs> does he use the rodent in fields his wife sells? How, how does he accomplish that? I was born in 1977, four years before uh, what we call MTV was created. Music television. And in 1981, there was a music video that started everything. It was called Video Kills the Radio Star. I do not remember that video because for whatever reason, whether we did not have cable or my parents were just super overprotective, I did not get to watch MTV as a four-year-old. I was nine years old when Bobby McFerrin wrote a song that the bulk of those of us who are, uh, who lean Gen X are going to recognize. And I would imagine just because of its folklore, it has impacted even some younger people in the room. Bobby McFerrin wrote a song called, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Let me just give you some of the lyrical brilliance of this song. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry, be happy. In every life, we have some trouble, but when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry, 
be happy. This is a recurring theme in the song. Don't worry. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> be happy. Ooh, 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 ooh. Don't worry. Be happy. Ooh, 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 ooh. There we go. That's the song. Verse 2. Ain't got no place to lay my head. Somebody came and took your bed. What? what who does that? We love to think about worry. We have to be told by people not to worry. When we worry, we are in a place where we are not considering the greatness of God. Worry that things that God cannot see, does not care, and will not give us is ungodly. Because when we worry in that way, it is an affront. It is a, in conflict with God's person, his provision, and his providence. One more time for those of you in the back. Worry that things God cannot see, does not care, and will not give us, will not provide, is ungodly. It is an affront to God's person, his providence, and his provision. I, I love to look at where words come from. We use the word worry a lot. I would imagine that you have told someone not to worry, and you may have never thought, where did I get that word? It's a German word. That's where the origin is. And the actual meaning in German comes from a root word which means to choke or to strangle. Has anyone ever felt choked or strangled by worry? Do we see why we would use that word to talk about that concept? It's the inner feeling of apprehension. Of a, an uneasiness. Worry is tied to concern. To a fear. It's accompanied by us being on edge. The word anxious, the word that Jesus uses here, the, Jew, uh, the, the Greek word for that, it means overwhelmingly distracted. You actually see that as Jesus' words play out. As he talks about what we should not be anxious about, he shows us what we are anxious about. And where our fixation will be if we are not living in the midst of that anxiety. Don't worry about your clothes or your food or your whatever. You seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. We are a worrying people. An anxious people. Fiction writer Arthur Summers Roche says this. Worry is a thin stream of fear trickling through the mind. If encouraged, it cuts a channel into which all other thoughts are drained. What causes us to become worrisome or anxious? What takes place for us to, that summons these really weird feelings? People become anxious when they are threatened, when they are conflicted, when they are afraid, when they are neglected, or when they are in shock. 
That's why when, when things begin to cram in and pile on top of our lives, we immediately go into, how will I provide? What will I do? How will I do it? How will I eat? Where will I live? These things that worry us, regardless of what we face. Kierkegaard says this, no grand inquisitor has in readiness such terrible tortures as anxiety. And I know that I've got introverts by nature in the room, maybe not all of you. Maybe some of you guys are, are dancing somewhere on Saturday nights. But for the most part, I would think that you guys are introverted from my interaction with you so far. Not all of us. How many of you would just admit, by a show of hands, I struggle with anxiety? Can we, can we see that? All right. Preaching to not the choir today. Confession, anxiety and worry are the number, this is the number one struggle in my life. I told you last week that I grew up with my grandmother. And when I say grew up with her, not side by side, that would be a weird time loop. But she raised me. And I remember not noticing how worried she was until I got older. I would go pick her up for church on Sunday mornings because she could not drive. Thank the Lord. And we would come to church together. And I remember having a conversation with one, her one day about these large trees. Texans, trees are these things that grow really, really tall. And as we talked about these trees, she said, I've never really liked them. Why don't you like trees? I think they give us oxygen or something. I'm always worried that they'll fall on the house. That worry that raised me seeped into my everyday. John Piper, pastor, theologian, talks about worry and, and anxiety and he says this, as unbelief gains the upper hand in our hearts, one of the results is anxiety. Do you see how those are tied together? When we have forgotten who God is, then anxiety rears itself. In effect, what happens for believers in Jesus is this. When we give ourselves over to anxieties... What will I eat? What will I wear? What will I do? Will I be healthy? Will I be unhealthy? When this happens for us, though we claim faith in Jesus and gather together in rooms like this, we function as atheists. We are practicing atheism, yet wasting our Sunday mornings. What a terrible way to be an atheist. You're not even getting the perks of it. Go with me to Matthew. As we see, Jesus lays out some really good things for us to see. Therefore, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life. 
what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So in these next few verses, we're going to see what anxiety causes. The next four verses show us what anxiety causes, or the next four portions of this text. Anxiety causes us, when it is our focus, to miss how great life really is. Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food and body more than clothing? Anxiety will cause us to miss how great our lives really can be. What we see in this text, this very first phrase of Jesus... Is he's showing us that the key to remembering that life has not been given simply for enjoyment or pleasure, but our lives have been given to us for the enjoyment of God. And when we are so focused on what will take place here, without a consideration for who God is in the everywhere, we miss the moments that he gives us. We are just bodies to be fed, clothed, and housed. That life's not worth living. To wake up. To get through the day. To go to bed. You were created for more than that. To see all that God has put around you. And to see the value that it offers. To interact with the things that God has shown you things that God has provided for you and for you to be grateful this enriches our lives to not lose sight of God in the midst of things verse 26 anxiety causes us to miss that God is for us look at the birds of the air they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not of more value than they? Do you see the question that Jesus just asked? So, so birds. I don't know the lifespan of a bird. Do I have any bird watchers in the room? How long does your typical bird last? I'm not talking a big bird like an eagle. Little birds. Anybody? Not long. We'll just go with that. But when we look at these birds, we see that they consistently work. So this is not saying you should be slothful, sitting on your couch, watching Netflix, drinking whatever enjoyable beverage you enjoy, waiting for God to drop Cheetos in your mouth. There is doing something here. But as you do these things, you cannot lose sight of the idea that God is for you. And as Romans tells us, if God is for us, who can be against us? Anxiety robs us of that. It causes us to miss the beauty of what Scripture teaches over and over. That we are a chosen people. That we're a royal priesthood. That we are belonging to God. Is your anxiety causing you to miss this? Does it? 
it, it causes us to miss the life that God has called us to lead and the opportunities that God has shown to us. 27. Anxiety causes you and it causes me to be fruitless. Which of you, being anxious, or let's just replace the word there, which of you by being easily and overwhelmingly distracted can add a single hour to his span of life? I want you to take your sheet of paper, or if you're a, a, not a note taker, if, I want you to take your phone, and I want you to list out on your phone, just so that you feel this, the top five concerns that you get caught up in. What are your five concerns? For those of you who are not doing this, this is the participation part of our program. And I need you to help me. Of those things that you're listing, that you've probably been thinking about as I've been talking, let's be honest, as you were considering while we were singing, Can you really control? In the grand scheme of things, you don't control any of those. Because if you had ultimate control, you would be God. And you're not. And I'm not. Anxiety causes us to be fruitless. And we thus far have possibly missed interacting with the creator of the universe through worshiping through song. We're just singing. Well, scripture tells us to sing. And in our distraction, we miss that. Scripture teaches us that we should be people who observe God's word together. And if those worrisome things that are floating, that are floating in our mind are so ever-present... That they cause us to miss that. You can be here and not be here. How many opportunities to have God-honoring conversation have you missed at work because of worry? How many times in your own life have you overlooked the needs of those who you say you love the most because you were worried. If scripture is clear to us that we are to make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything that Jesus commanded them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, if that is the reason for which the church exists, and it is, how many of us have been immobilized by our worry causing us to be fruitless in the very thing that Jesus left us on this planet for? John MacArthur, pastor who wears shirt and tie as opposed to what I'm wearing, says this about 
anxiety. He, he talks about a dense fog. A dense fog covering seven city blocks. A hundred feet deep is composed of less than one glass of water divided into 60,000 million drops. Let me read that again because I don't understand a word of what it said. A dense fog covering seven city blocks a hundred feet deep is composed of less than one glass of water divided into 60,000 million drops. So he's talking about a dense fog and its dissipation over a given area. He says those very small worries that we have when they are present in our reality they affect this grand spectrum of our lives. Can, can we shake some heads to affirm that's how it works for us? Or throw things at me. I just need interaction today. We're good. Memorial Day weekend. I know you're thinking about cooking a burger. Verse 28. We also see this. Anxiety causes us to be self-absorbed. Why are you anxious about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Self-absorption, it, it, it gets us. When we begin to think about all the things that we need and we don't think about people beyond ourselves, though scripture has been very clear, love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. Yet when we are caught in anxiety as to what our everyday should look like in regards to what we can do, we have not thought about God and we have not considered those around us. So don't be anxious, 31. Saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? I was a history major in college. You may or may not know that. And those who don't know history, they're doomed to repeat it. That's what I've been told. <laughs> I don't remember who said it. Uh, so there are the Egyptian pyramids that you're probably familiar with. Do you know that the Egyptians were not the only people who had pyramids? And when we look globally and we look historically, there are pyramids or things that resemble them, these chambers of storage for all of our goods in China, in France, in Greece, in India, Italy, Cambodia, and we have things in the Americas that resemble them. They are filled with things that the deceased really did believe they could have with them in the afterlife. Do you know what happens for the, to those things? They eventually get raided by thieves or they get disturbed by archaeologists. And we go to places like Washington, D.C., and we allow children on field trips to look at them. 
The very things that we believe matter the most have no reason for existence in regards to us beyond this life. Yet these are the very things that we are worried about at all times. These things, in essence, these things that we want to fill our cabinets with and our garages with and our closets with, they rule over us. The things that we worry about become gods to us. Martin Luther, what sort of God is not even capable of defending himself against moth and rust? So what now? We've seen these are the things that anxiety causes. I'll give those to you again if you're a note taker. It causes us to miss how great life really is. Anxiety causes us to miss that God is for us. Anxiety causes us to be fruitless for. Anxiety causes us to be self-absorbed. We also see what anxiety destroys. Verse 32. We see that anxiety darkens our light. For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Jesus presents a comparison for the people who were listening to him. For those who were for him, for those who were maybe on the fence, and for those who hated him, Jesus says, Hey, those who don't claim to believe in our God are concerned with the things that you seem to be concerned with. And to us at Grace Bible on May the 28th of 2017, if our grand concern happens to be the things that Jesus mentions here, then there's a grand possibility for us that we are concerned with the very things that non-believers in our community are concerned with. Anxiety darkens our light because we look no different than unbelievers. All those words that Scripture says to us about who we are in Christ Jesus, those words like holy, those words like chosen, those words like royal priesthood, those words like you are the salt of the earth, you're the light of the world, these things that Jesus says to us about us being a light in a dark place, these things are with intent and when our grand concern in this everyday life is how will I get through from one day to the next we miss our designed intent as believers you as someone who follows Jesus are to be light you are to not look like the world that surrounds you that's what being a light is Anxiety darkens light. 33, uh, this is a theme that runs throughout. Anxiety devalues God. Because he has let us know that he will carry these things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Again, there's the contrast. The very first thing out of Jesus' mouth is... Don't let these things be first. Well, what do you want to be first, Jesus? God's kingdom and his righteousness. 
That's what's first. That's what's first for those of you who get this, is what he's saying. For those, of, uh, the, those disciples who hear him, this is what's first. You seeing the kingdom of God made known. And for us, it's no different. Are we seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness? Because God's already said, I'll take care of you. 34. Anxiety. Constant distraction. It destroys today. How many of us over things that we can legitimately say are worry worthy? Have seen that anxiety swoop over the entirety of days, causing us to miss the moments that God has placed us in. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. What anxiety really is, when we look at it from the perspective that Jesus has given us here, that Paul gives us in Philippians. That Peter gives us in 1 Peter. It is us being distracted by our desire to control everything. And we stand helpless in the face of it because we control nothing. So work and work hard. Love and care and do these things. But do not miss... Who God says that he is. One of my favorite texts in the book of Acts. Chapter 17. I hear you guys spent some time in Acts. Like a lot of time. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said. Men of Athens. I perceive in every way that you're very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being the Lord of heaven and earth, he does not live in temples built by human hands nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else 
And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined the allotted periods, hear this, the allotted periods and boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, yet he is actually not far from each one of us. For in him we live and we move and we have our being. Or as your poets have said, we indeed are his offspring. Anxiety neuters that view of God. Yet what we find is when we make God unlike that we're still not in control so if anxiety is a crippling thing for you I would encourage you to contact us I encourage me to contact people I have people who help with this I would encourage you to have conversations about this to push through for the sake of you and for the sake of me having a direction for our lives that is not self-seeking. So do this for me. I want you just to bow your head. What we can do in this time we have now is this. If you, if you would say, you're not, I'm, I'm the only one with my eyes open. I'm going to ask my elders to have theirs open as well. Many of our deacons who are here. If you would say, hey, anxiety is a, a crippling thing for me. And at very least, I would love for someone to pray over me about this. Could you just raise your hand right now? Raise your hand right now. I've got hands. I've got hands. I've got two. I've got three. Okay, I've got hands all around. Them. If, my, if I can just have some deacons move towards these hands that are up. Some, some leadership move towards these hands that are up. Let's do that right now. Just go, 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 go. Can you just begin to pray over that person who, who acknowledged, hey, this is a struggle for me right now. Can we pray over them right now? Right now. Let them hear you pray. Anybody else? This is this is a war for me. It's a struggle for me. Could someone come pray for me? Okay. 
Psalm 56, 3, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. 1 Peter 5, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Take a deep breath and grab the hand of somebody you love and hug your kid when you go pick them up today. Because our God is for us. He's for us. Jesus, your word is good. We thank you for the truth of it as we just continue in worshiping through song. I pray that you will carry the hearts of these people and let us see you and know you and love you. And worry less about ourselves. Choosing to become less so that you may be greater. We ask this in your name. And everybody says. Amen. Amen. Would you stand as we continue to worship this morning?